Gentlemen, are we ready? Ready. Affirmative. Hello, Internet, and welcome to another episode of Geek Anthology. I'm your host, Neil Cordray, and I'm joined this week by... The one true Ben. And... And, uh, I'm doing a lot, awful lot of, uh, reviews of things lately, which kind of is our want. It's, it's given that we, that we, uh, that we are, given that we, that we are, uh, you know, our focus is on, uh, geek culture and, uh, and product, summer blockbuster season in, is when everything comes out and we talk about everything that came out for the summer. And we're um, making up for lost time with so many things being delayed. Oh man, yeah. Um, I don't think uh, I, as much as as much as I was very big on us doing an episode on Hamilton. I don't think we're going to do an episode in, on In the Heights. Sorry, theater people. Um, I don't. I don't know if either of you even know what I'm talking about. But uh, it was Lin Manuel Miranda's first uh, big. I saw a little uh, ad for it. Yeah, that was about it. It, it was Lin Manuel Miranda's first really big uh, musical that won all the Tonys. Uh, and then he wrote Hamilton, which really won all the Tony. Right. <laughs> but yeah, we're probably not going to do that. But I'll probably check that, check it out because I'm interested. Um, but this is a roundabout way of saying we're going to talk about Castlevania season four. Um, and given this is um, this is a slight spoiler, but not really. It's it's the last season of Castlevania. They're not going to make another one, at least not with not not set in Castlevania three times. Um, they they wrap the story up with a bow, um, which is fine. I'm happy with it. Sometimes it sometimes it's nice to actually get a cohesive ending. Right. Avatar: The Last Airbender didn't really get one of those, which really frustrated me. Um, There's all kinds of alternatives that are not great, like yeah. endings that aren't really endings, an ending and then more meandering stuff because the show's a victim of its own success, and then a mm-hmm. shitty ending after the appropriate ending has already occurred. Like, there's a lot of different ways. <laughs> You get, the Babel- go, so. you get the Babylon 5 ending where uh, they rushed an ending because they didn't think they were going to get renewed for another season, and then they did, so they had to stretch a half season's worth of material into an entire <laughs> into an entire season <laughs> for its last for its last season run. Um, by the way, that is on HBO Max. Uh, Mike, have you managed to check any of that yet? Uh, no, I have not. But thanks for reminding me. I will add that to the list. The remaster, as I understand it, is uh, is on HBO Max. So it's in le- it's it's not in widescreen. It's in uh, it's in full screen for some reason, as opposed to what. But yeah, that's getting off my nose. Given that it was shot and even though it was shot in widescreen, it was framed for standard resolution because you know that was what was what there was in the 90s. So. I mean, so. just Justice League didn't, Snyder Cut didn't bother me. So, you know, that was, that was 4-3. Really? Huh. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, so I'd have to take your word for it. <sighs> One of these days, Ethan and I will watch it so that we can do an episode, because we're going to do an episode on it, but it's, but Ethan already called dibs, so. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Castlevania, and given that it's the, that it's a series, that it, it is a series finale, um, a final season We'll probably give some uh, some overarching thoughts as well. Uh, but first, of course, we've got the signal boosts for the episode of now, because I have no idea when this episode's actually going to be going live. Um, what we got, Mike? Well, um, you mentioned HBO Max. That's kind of a segue. Um, uh, Young Justice Season 3, I finally got around to, to watching that, because uh, that that um, <clears throat> was one of those things where it wasn't going to be a thing, and there's a 
out a, a large um, outcry of support, and um, it eventually became a thing, and that was in the form of uh, the DC Universe service when that was still a thing, which then Warner got gobbled up by HBO Max. So now, if you're looking for all that DC stuff, uh, you can sub to HBO Max for a while, watch all your stuff, and peace out if you want to, because it's all there. Um, the um, yeah, Young Justice season three is really good. I mean, the whole show is really good, but I was, you know, it's always nice to see when you have something that's like it wasn't originally going to happen, and then it does, and then it doesn't suck because sometimes it does suck <laughs> when it actually materializes. <laughs> like everything, like everything, Family Guy made after it got re- after it got restarted, Rene- renewed uh, new new seasons of Arrested Development on Netflix. I'm looking at you. <laughs> uh, sometimes you just can't capture that lightning in a bottle again. Again, right? Um, but anyway, um, yeah, it's the the interesting thing about Young Justice is that like traditionally, when it comes to like the like teen superhero teams and like young superheroes and this and that, it's like oh, it's like you know breezy traditional superhero stuff, and it's like no man, like this is some deep like cerebral shit. Yeah, like it's it actually dark. <laughs> Yeah, and it does get very dark. Um, not to say that it, it's all dark or anything. I mean, you know, it's it. Uh, you know, let me put it this way. Um, the uh, you know how um, Captain America: Winter Soldier can you know it's kind of like a spy, like a dark spy espionage movie that happens to be a superhero movie. You know what I mean? Like that kind of a vibe. Like there's a lot of that in this. There's a lot of like scheming and secrets and betrayals and Machiavellian stuff by both the antagonists and protagonists and some twists and turns and a lot of interesting character development and stuff. And because one of the protagonists is Batman. Well, you know, <laughs> that's, that comes with the territory, Batman Inc and all that. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting. And another thing that's impressive about it is uh, again, to borrow a MCU um, example here, um, it manages to have a shit ton of characters actually like do meaningful things which is not easy to do um whenever you have that sheer amount of characters you know they think they find a good um a good way to balance kind of like the screen time and the influence of the characters and you know you have like the you have like the ogs um like you know batman and the like i don't know vanilla flash because there's so many fucking flashes running around um literally Uh, they're they're there and like they're still present but they're not like you know obviously they're not the focus of the show the focus of the show is the 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 younger one and stuff but it doesn't feel like they're conveniently like you know off screen forever like they show up when it makes sense and anyway getting a little rambly but the point is um really good stuff and um pretty pretty long season it's like 26 episodes so it's like you know depending on the size of the season that's pretty much like two seasons worth of content by other show standards right but you know again it's impressive that to have something that's that long to actually um most of the episodes feel like actually meaningful and like they're actually going somewhere with a lot of the stuff it's like you don't really get the feeling that there's a whole lot of filler episodes it's just such a grand epic story with all the different characters and like you know global and sometimes even uh beyond global significance of the events they have a lot of, you know, a lot of things to set up, a lot of threads to uh, weave together and all that. It's good stuff. Especially since at the end of season two, they uh, they teased Apocalypse, and it was one of the most painful teasers ever because it's like, so yeah, uh, we're going to have Apocalypse in the next season. Oh, wait a minute. There's not going to be a next season. ba up 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 Hey! No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it was nice to see that they, you know, <laughs> actually managed to pay off on some of the teaser stuff. That's what I got. Ben, what you got, my friend? All right, well, I got a couple of things. Uh, I got uh, one thing that I went over already. Uh, 
you know, pregame, uh, which is Pop Culture Minefield, which is run mm-hmm. by a couple of my friends, uh, Gary Kissel and uh, Keith Moncrief. Uh, they get together with, uh, you know, with a lot of people. They're both very heavy in the entertainment industry. Uh, and Gary Kissel did one, one of my book covers, but he's also done uh, book covers for several very large, uh, you know, some very big authors. Um, and uh, so they do their thing. Uh, the other, my other one is uh, Loki, uh, which I watched uh, episode one last night. Guess what episode's coming from us at some point uh, in a few weeks, in about a month when it's, it's done uh, streaming. <laughs> uh, yep. So this is me traveling yeah. back in time. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and and to to back you up on pop culture minefield, I haven't listened to any but any of it. But Keith definitely knows his stuff. Um, I remember I was at a I was at a post Vision Con party at one uh, one point in time, and we'll get to that other thing here in a second about that, Ben. But um, and he talked my ear off about the production difficulties. In Batman v Superman, <laughs> yeah. Well, and and, and yeah. Keep, keep in mind, we're talking about the production difficulties, like and 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 why executive overreach made the made the final product not as good as it could have been. To which I responded, "Yeah, okay, that's that's um that's pretty cool. That's fair. That that's cool enough. Uh, but I've seen the so so called ultimate cut, which was the cut uh, theoretically sans executive overreach." Still wasn't all that good, man. There were there were there were writing problems, um, right. well, and that. casting problems. So, like, like don't get me don't get me wrong. I <laughs> yeah, Je- Jesse motherfucking Eisenberg. Um, I don't even like I don't even really hold it against him. It's like the writing was there, and it's like he was just kind of doing what he was paid to do. But what he was yeah. paid to do sucked. Yeah, yeah. like, but like well, he was. It's not that he's a bad actor. It's just that he was the wrong guy for that role. He was absolutely well, the wrong role, wrong person for Lex Goddamn Luthor. The main Lex Luthor is control. Like he 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 is he is the definition of of. Of 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 an iron fist in a velvet glove. But the thing is, it's not just missed. It's not so much. I mean, yeah, it's, there's there's miscasting. But the main thing is that it's a it's the interpretation of the character that take the character so fucking off. Yeah, like exactly. it just it doesn't make any sense. Like he's acting kind of Joker esque, and he's supposed to be fucking Lex Luthor. He's all like, yeah, it's like he's all like he drank too much coffee or something. It's he would have been great as a Joker or a Riddler. Yeah, um, but this is not the guy who is smart enough to take on Superman. And Batman. And Batman. Yeah, like uh, now I'm I I will I make fun of people who like who like Super Orphan Fight, and if you do like it, go for it. I just will I I cannot in good conscience defend conscience defend it as a good example of the medium. Right. Um, but you like it, go for it. I'll. But like well, you're the only reason I. The- the material, yeah. though, not the person. The difference. Egg. Yeah, the only person I, I actively make fun of for liking Super Orphan Fight is my friend Kevin Pilch. But that's because at this point it's a running joke. Right. Well, and <laughs> uh, and so Gary Kissel, also a uh, huge Blade Runner fan, uh, and he created Blade Zone, one of the top, you know, one of the most influential uh, Blade Runner fan sites. Actually did a poster for, uh, for, uh, for something uh, official from Blade Runner. So yeah, he knows his shit too. So yeah, yeah. I just turned my volume down and knock on my uh, on my new microphone. Can everybody hear me still? Okay. 
Yeah. Yep. Okay. Sorry, I've got a new microphone here. The nothing happened to the Zoom in case anyone cares. Just I got a more dedicated uh, computer streaming microphone because the Zoom kept having problems that were a pain in my ass to fix. It still works just fine as a standalone mic and is what I'm going to use it for. But uh, but I bought a new. I got a Elgato Wave Three in case anyone cares, and I can flex my. Yes, it's still a USB mic. I don't have a. I don't have an interface and and uh, and really good mic yet because. <sighs> This is a hundred and fifty dollar microphone. Uh, the next se- the next step up from that that I really would want to get would probably run me about three or four hundred dollars, and I just don't have that kind of scratch. <laughs> Mostly, I was able to afford this because my dad had me build him a new computer, and he he floated me the cash for it, um, and then I put everything on my credit card and then paid off my credit card and got a bunch of cash back for it. <laughs> So yeah, those are my two big things. Uh, so I've got a thing that is a little hard to, to run down. Um, it is on uh, BritBox, and you can also buy individual seasons of it on Amazon Prime uh, Streaming. But uh, YouTube randomly recommended to me at some point here recently a a, a series called Sharp. That's S H R P E, um, and uh, it's a historical fiction set during the Napoleonic Wars with um, someone who manages to not die, uh, for once. Spoilers. Um, Sharp is played by Sean Beam. But because he's the main character, he has just enough plot armor to only get injured a lot. Uh, but never actually die. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and it's, it's quite enjoyable. It was, uh, it was made on, it was produced in, on ITV in the early to mid 90s and uh it was just it, it's it's enjoyable uh, it's based off of a number of books um by a guy by an author whose name i can't remember give me a second um by the, 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 where are you sorry uh by uh an author um named bernard cornwell um who is one who, who is a person who has written very many well-known um English um, historical fiction novels, if that's your thing. Um, so, like, he's I'm really well happy. known in his niche. Because um, right. uh, I think, yeah, um, his other well-known thing, at least that I had heard of before, um, was um, the Grail Quest. The first mm-hmm. book of that was published in the U.S. under the title "The Archer's Tale." Just yeah, set during the Hundred Years' War. A lot, a, the Archer's Tale I had heard of before before any of this, and um, yeah, I've, I've got that one. That's the one yeah. I had read. Mm-hmm. That author, um, Sharp, was his first work. It was his first set of works. Apparently, um, the guy apparently is just one of those. Is like just a crazy, um, crazy prolific writer. <laughs> um, he because like he's got like. Let's see. Uh, the one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, ten, fifteen, eighteen, four. He's got twenty-four books just in the Sharp series. He's the Tom Clancy of 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 uh, English historical fiction. Let's put it this way: on Amazon, he has forty pages. I was going to say Stephen King, but you know. <laughs> no, he has forty pages of <laughs> of, of stuff. Well, I'm sure that some of those are reprints, but still. But still, you know. <laughs> well, the reason I the reason I said Tom Clancy as opposed to uh, as opposed to Stephen King is because um, you know it, 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 it I don't know it, it's it's 
I guess I guess Stephen King's just as good an example. It, it's just you know it's he's the British Tom Clancy in that he also tends to write about warfare and um and yeah, idealized yeah. Yeah. That, that that was why it's it's sprung to my mind. But I guess anyone who is incredibly prolific in in X genre is just as uh is just as appropriate a metaphor. I would argue uh it in some ways more appropriate because Stephen King actually writes all that shit and doesn't just slap his name on a bunch of books. Well uh, you have to keep in mind Tom Clancy is dead, but when he was alive, he did write I'm all the I'm talking books. about when he was alive. I, I'm not you're misunderstanding my meaning here. The Tom Clancy name was farmed out a long time before he died. <clears throat> I'm not saying that there's ghostwriting going on. I'm saying there's books and on the cover, there's a giant fuck off Tom Clancy. And then it has the actual author's name in much smaller font. Yeah, he was like, he it was, was an empire of his name. Yep. It was like those movies you see, they're like presented by Quentin Tarantino and he doesn't have anything to do with them aside from slapping his name on it and producer. Yeah, he's a producer. Well, yeah, some, some producing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Saxon Tales, 13 books. Yeah. The Sharp series, 24. Um, uh, <laughs> Rail Quest is a, is a, is a, is a tight four. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Rail Quest is, um, oh yeah. He also has written a fair bit of non, of nonfiction uh, because, you know, He's actually pretty, like, despite the fact that he inserts his Gary Stu characters into uh, into history, he's does a pretty good job of getting his history right. <laughs> so, anyhow, I've been watching I've been watching old episodes of that because um, it strikes my fancy, sir. Um, Sharp is a is a is a sergeant who is uh, who is elevated uh, through the ranks by one Sir Arthur Wellesley. And if you don't know who that is, uh, thanks to your th- thanks to not understanding, uh, not having studied English uh, history, you probably know him better by the name the Duke of Wellington. And if you As don't know what that, and if you don't who, know who that was, he's the guy. He's the general who beat Napoleon at Waterloo. That guy. Um, kind of a big deal during the Napoleonic War era, um, <laughs> and like apparently was. A cold-hearted bastard, but a bastard and when in controlling his troops, he threw away like he would throw away uh, men, but he was tactically brilliant. So he's ruthless. There's a good word for it. I wouldn't have wanted to be a soldier under him, but I but I wouldn't mind wouldn't have minded being a civilian with him protecting me. Right. <laughs> um. So yeah, sharp. It's on Amazon Prime. It's on BritBox. Um, Watch it. <laughs> If that sound like uh, if that sounds interesting to you, keep in mind these are essentially short movies. Um, the first season is two se- is two episodes long. The first episode is an hour and forty two minutes. The second episode is an hour and thirty six. Um, <laughs> Unlike Sherlock, yeah, it's it, it's very much like Sherlock. It's essentially each episode is is its own self contained book adaptation, essentially. Right. Okay. So um, on to sadder news. Um, uh, the president of, uh, VisionCon, uh, died. Sorry. Yeah, he, uh, passed away last Tuesday, uh, Yeah, Brandon Shane, um, the president of the VisionCon, uh, company that, you know, Ben and I do VisionCon every year. Um, he passed away due to complications from, uh, COVID-19. Yeah. That's a real shame. It is. I've I only had the pleasure of getting to interact with him once, but he was he was a great guy. Yeah, he got he got he got VisionCon back in Springfield going 
that was a massive undertaking. He got that. Got that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so huge, big geek, great guy. I'm I'm saying that with with all love, like yeah. Well, he's that we are geeks, you know. Yes, he is definitely yeah. Right title. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely uh, lift your glass to you know to a guy who put a lot of effort into making you know making yeah. fandom fun for a lot of people here and really improving yeah the the Springfield uh, geek um, the fan community. Yeah, community. That was the word. I could not think of the word community. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyways, ah, oh, man, yeah, that's that sucks. Um, well, um, so and, and, and it is it's it's an appropriate uh you know segue because uh, yeah. we're we're doing Castlevania and that set that whole setting is just a bucket of suck for yep. the people who live in it. And to uh, step into the spoiler of the week, it also segues pretty well into that because. Uh, you're in Castlevania season four. There's a there's a fair bit of death in this season. Yeah, there's some death. There's a lot of death. Mm-hmm. People die. I mean, I don't know if you've watched the first se- first three seasons, but there was a fair bit of death in those too. But even the right. first this one, episode. Yeah. Yeah. This one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he just completely annihilates an entire city. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, we come to find out that not he doesn't quite exterminate everyone there. Right. So. I don't know how much of a spoiler that is. It's what in the first episode of the first season of, of I'm I'm talking about season four because they go back because uh, Trevor and Sypha end up back at and end up at uh, what you call it place with the, with the guy Lindenfield Linden yeah yeah and I think it's in season two we actually they actually meet a specific person but they do end up going back there yeah that was season three if you're talking about the guy yeah I'm thinking about the person that it's not a guy though anyways. Um, but yeah, this one, uh, and this season sees a lot of character arcs close well. Yeah, it was, well, it, it was, I'm pretty sure it was written, like, it, it, it very much feels like something that was designed to be a final season. Yeah, yeah. And because it was designed to be a final season, um, it gets to, uh, it, it gets the benefit of getting to actually wrap things up. Yeah. One thing I noticed about this season that I kind of enjoyed, but kind of looking at it and going wink, wink, nudge, nudge, is that it also it also um, runs or uh, shows. You know, each episode works very much like a video game in some you know in some instances. Well, I mean, this whole thing's been very, very um, blah. Um, I mean, it's heavily influenced by the game that comes from. Yeah. Well, it has it. Well, not not just that. It has so much. Uh, it has it has so many not even veiled references to the games, right. um, which is just excellent and fa- like I love going through and catching all the things where they were like not not just like oh this character's from the game but like oh this enemy's from the game or even better like oh this move is from the game this attack like right like that one time when uh, um, in in the first season when Trevor grabs an axe. And he throws it upward in an arc. It's it's basic, even basic shit like that. Right. Like <laughs> um, that just it, it. There are so many Easter eggs in in the series as to just like it's just fantastic and amazing and yeah. Well, and so as someone who has not played all of the Castlevania games, um, you know, it still plays like it still runs or you know. 
um, uh, shows like a video game, which you know, yeah. like I said, it does it well enough that that without having some of those references to the video game, um, well, I've only I, dabbled a bit. I mean, if you have just you know, if you've played uh, <laughs> just like one of the games, then you know, you get the gist with like the core gameplay and stuff. And right. Mood. I mean, the games can vary wildly, of course, over the course of the franchise because it spans decades. But I mean, yeah, like the general traditional games are more or less the same. Right. But yeah, it just you know the combat you know runs like a like video game. Yes, indeed. But... Um. So, uh, there was a thing I was going to. There was some sort of thing I was going to brain, and then my and then my words lost. I forgot hmm. what you're going to word. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. Um. Use your words. Uh, it's really good season uh, i'll just kind of reboot my brain here so it was a it was a, uh, it was a good uh season and like like we said it kind of ties everything up with a bow um given that we've given general thoughts about the show for three seasons now i don't think i don't feel like there's much that can be said without getting into spoiler territory um yeah i mean i would say like you know, it's it's good overall, and it's definitely a great conclusion to the series. Yeah, but it's it's the initial episodes are a little like, yeah, like a little kind of I don't know, like meandering. Like it seems like stuff's kind of a little drawn out here and there. Right, and, and I like think that's they needed to they needed to plant the seeds for the ending that they were building up to. Yeah, because each of them, while they seemed they seemed unconnected as it came as the as the season as the episodes went on, you start to see those connections. Well, it's a lot more forgivable because, like, the episodes are only like clocking in at just under half an hour. They're not like they're not like one of those Netflix Marvel shows that it's like fifty minutes, and if it's like if it's slow, it's like really slow, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's slow. It's really slow. It's really kind of interesting. I'm seeing a lot of like I'm also kind of I'm I'm off about the the internet a bit here, and I'm seeing a lot of people like, man, I can't wait for season five. I'm like, there isn't oh, going to be a season five. Not happening. Like. There's a few reasons there's not going to be a season five. One, Netflix doesn't typically make more than three or four seasons of a thing because it doesn't drive new engagement. Uh, it's, uh, it's a stupid business model. Two, Warren Ellis is in hot water for sexually for sexually harassing and or assaulting people. So the crea- the creator and head writer is is might go to jail. Um, hot water, to say the least. Yes. Um, and th- and and three and honestly like not not to not to disparage uh the you know the uh the the you know sexual harassment but that happens in the industry uh, that probably wouldn't have killed it itself but season, but se- reason 1 is pretty big and reason 3 is they tied it up neat with a bow right the only way they can make another castlevania series mm-hmm. another season would be if they decided to adapt a different um a different game era, era. Yeah. yeah like yeah they'd have to do they the could, old time they could thing. they could do that like i think the soma cruise uh the two games with soma cruise would actually make for pretty good um um television fodder <laughs> um the games with richter like pretty much anything where alucard shows up um because it typically goes across more games so uh, he's in he's in the soma games um uh, you could also probably do Rondo of Blood slash uh, Symphony of the Night decently well, um, but really, I doubt they're going to do that either. Either because Netflix has a cynical business model. Um, so this is a good final season. Don't, uh, but don't go hoping for season five because you're not going to get a season five um, unless, the, um, like, like I said, unless they just do something entirely different. 
I didn't realize it was the final season going into it, but I kind of suspected because there's only so much like so much material you can do when uh, Dracula died at the end of season two. Like, yeah. like how long do you want to draw that out? You know, <laughs> well, I mean, the, the 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 reincarnation of Dracula is is a consistent game series, series bread and butter. Magical. I mean, yeah, Dracula dies at the end of every game for a while. Right. But then either he just comes back because magic, some follower brings him back to life. Um, you know, like, um, you know, it, it's just basic stuff. Like since he's the prime enemy of every, um, of every, uh, game, he kind of has to. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, uh, it's like Sigma and Mega Man X. I mean, yeah, I remember playing Mega Man X three and it was like, uh, gosh, I can't remember something that started, I think it was like Dr. Doppler or some shit. I don't know. They just had some name and I'm like, oh, okay. So I have a different villain this time. And like right up until the very fucking end, you know, it's like, oh, it's this other guy. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, but Sigma's secretly behind it. Wahaha. And here's a Sigma and fight. I'm like, really? I'm like, really guys? Come on. It's, uh, it's similar to, to Legend of Zelda. It's, uh, there's only been about, I think, three games in all of Legend of Zelda where Ganon slash Ganondorf wasn't the final villain. Well, at least I'll give uh, Legend of Zelda credit where credit's due. They don't fucking bait and switch you. They're not like, haha, psych. Turns out it's Ganon. It's like, no, bitch. It's like, <laughs> it's Ganon. Like, well, from from the beginning, like everybody. Twilight knows. Princess actually oh. uh, pulled pulled the bait and switch. You think it's Zant up until like Ganon shows up in the eleventh hour? But you're you're right. Mm. They they are much more up front. It, you get very much less. It was Ganon after all, um, or all along. Uh, <laughs> Was getting all along. Yep. You get a lot less of that. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, animation is looking top notch. Oh, yeah. The uh, improve. What's, what's the studio that did this? Because they, des- they deserve love. Yes. Powerhouse Studios. Um, or, uh, yeah. Powerhouse Animation Studios yeah, just does a fantastic job with the, with the, uh, with the work. Apparently, uh, Frederick or, um, produced it and of course the voice acting continues to be a badass yeah oh yes absolutely badass it's super I mean, important to really make the characters come to life mm-hmm. yeah and Richard the, armitage really just does a fantastic job as like a many of the male characters including you know forever right oh you must be the dumb one. i think i think he played varney too um and a few other people yeah, that other guy yeah well, and this one, um, I think it had several of the uh, voice actors from Critical Role in it as well. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Varney was played by Malcolm McDowell. Right. And, you know, that's another that that that's a that's a name you recognize. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the voice acting was was delightful. Characterization uh, was, you know, was very good. Um, yeah, like delightful it, is the best word to use considering the uh, setting. But <laughs> it's all very well. well it's so. all very well written. Delightful is and very well cast. And like it is, like it's 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 horrible, but it's great. But 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 it, but in as much that it is horror. Yeah. Like it really gets to the horror action roots of the of the Castlevania game. So. Um, and I mean, it 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 deserves its TVMA uh, rating to be sure, because man, is there a lot of gore? It's, yeah. uh, it's almost as gory as Invincible, but uh, <laughs> uh, but like, but yeah, it's 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 really great. Um, 
one of the other great parts about uh, about the fact that we're doing um, we're doing this is Castlevania is rife with good music, which means the thing I'm about to place here to uh, break to break for spoilers will be a pretty good remix from ocremix.org because I'll have a lot to choose from. I'll try not to use the same ones I've used in previous episodes, but uh, I don't know. I tend to really like uh, adaptations of Bloody Tears or Vampire Killer, but maybe I'll try and pick something a little bit different this time. I don't know. We will pause now for music and uh, and uh, then we'll music. return back to uh, spoilers.
<laughs> we are back, mortals. And uh, now we're going to be talking about spoilers of the game. A movie show thing. What is a man? What is a man? A miserable pile of secrets. We've used that spoiler a few times. Um, <laughs> so, oddly enough, the, the, uh, when we look at the, this whole thing, the, the two stories that intertwined that I enjoyed the most was with the two uh the two crafter the two um forge uh, Isaac and uh and Hector Isaac and Hector yeah which because... to be fair they they're from their own games uh so <laughs> it helps yeah uh, <laughs> but so Isaac is the is the one who's raising the army right as he was walking across the walking across the whole world. yeah he's the one who's coming to uh he's the, the one who's creatures. going to Styria to kill Hector mm-hmm. um but you know, throughout this whole thing, you know, he start he's changing. We saw that at the beginning of last season, you know, when this you know supposedly rage driven you know, uh, you know rage driven mastermind starts talking to people and changing a little bit of what he you know what he was thinking until he's like, okay, maybe there's something else we can be doing. So that at the beginning of this one, you know, we have him building rebuilding you know it's like maybe someone will come and come in our you know in our uh in our wake and they'll need to rebuild uh, we need to leave mm-hmm. something for them uh that whole conversation he has with one of the night uh you know with one of the night kin uh or night kin, I think, night you know, creatures uh, night creatures um that whole conversation he has at the beginning with one of them you know having them eat fruit you know and hey you know you're you have something. a berry yeah, yeah, but we don't eat that. Why not? Yeah, because we're night creatures. Sweet flesh and blood and gore and, you know, and shit and all t- sorts of terrible things because night creatures. Oh, wait, this isn't half bad. <laughs> you know? I have a. Me- this is gi- giving me the strongest memory suddenly of when I used to be a person because apparently, because as, as was established in season three, all night creatures are apparently Corpses. damned human souls. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to hold really from hell itself. First of all, um, Ben, you must be thinking of a different project because uh, I checked and I don't see any CR alums on the cast here. Okay, I thought I I thought I'd seen some something here, and maybe it was a different project. Uh, and the other thing, what you just mentioned, Neil, um, when they were having that conversation, I mean, don't get me wrong, I loved it and took it seriously, but I couldn't help but laugh when there's that exchange because all I could think was member berries. I'm like, oh, member berries. My member. Do you remember? <laughs> I did. Uh, it seems like a thing. reference to, oh, oh, there we go, yeah. Um, they had the whole berries that you would consume and it was like a the whole nostalgia trend. They were, okay. uh, yeah. Sorry, I you must recall I I never really got too much into uh, into South Park. So. It was just very on the nose because he's literally eating a berry and saying how he remembers. So it was pretty <laughs> amusing to me. But yeah, I thought that was that was cool too. It was one of those things where it's like his uh, his path was so long and arduous that he couldn't help but have some time to actually think about shit and be like, mm-hmm. okay, well after I do the thing then what like there's more to this like you know i don't just i don't just disappear whenever i get my vengeance or whatever right 
and also despite all of the destruction um he's in a weird way i mean it's it's foul and terrible i mean you just said you know it's these like damned souls people that mm-hmm. people that are actually people but he's still creating in a way he's still doing he's still creating something and changing like he's molding the world and yeah so i think that kind of sticks with him even though it's dark and terrible it's still a thing where it's like he you know in a way creates these perversions of life and then is you know like responsible for them he's like a He's like an evil stepdad or something, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, wait a minute. These are like actual things that actually have sentience and maybe there's something more to this. Right. Yeah, because part of that whole conversation is the, the night creature going, why are we, you know, we, we break things, we destroy, we kill. Why are we hauling rocks? You know, and basically he's going, because, you know, what is in your nature isn't, what you, it isn't the sum of what you are. You can do things differently. It's um, the whole nature versus nurture deba- debate. Right, Yay. more or less. But you know, of course, he's commanding them, so there's you know. But still, nature, I mean, nature versus versus do what I tell you because I am your creator and and you have no free will. Right. Um. <laughs> but then you know, but then we go with Hector, um, you know, who is still you know. Um, God, I can't remember any of the characters' names. So. Well, that's the symbolic opposite in the sense that he was still under the sway of that slave device you know that ring but, and everything but yeah but curiously not uh camilla lenore striga and marana yeah lenore is, is the yeah the i think it's lenore yeah of course we also get striga and lorana you know off on their own doing things and that was an interesting if brief side story yeah yeah you know? they eventually just be like you know what yeah fuck, fuck this shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like our villagers died. The TLDR um, version of that uh, of that storyline is "fuck this shit, we're out." Yeah, right. You know, I, I, I hear the North is nice this time of year. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I think it comes down to they talk about you know the insatiable, the nature of vampires being insatiable. Right. You know, and then we find out not necessarily. They're told that they're supposed to be insatiably hungry and. Carmilla, you know, it's like embodies that shit. But, you know, Striga and Lorena are just like, we're happy with each other. We've got a small army. You know, we'll just take over this town. We'll, th- that'll be good for us. Um, you know, and then um, Lenore, you know, is just like, she starts to see what Carmilla's insanity is all about. And that, you know, that changes a lot. of. Well, it's interesting because, like, there's the whole, you know, like, there's how the vampires, like, think of themselves and conduct themselves. And they, um, you know, um, they're a lot more human than they want to admit that they are, yeah, whether exactly. for good or for bad. And, like, you know, you see with the, with that, with the the couple there, I, I forget their names. What, what are their names? Oh, you mean Striga and Lorana? Yeah, Striga and Lorana. With them, like, um, like they are kind of, um, you know, they they have the whole like family bond thing that humans have with like, oh well, even though she's kind of fucking crazy, like we're sisters and we're kind of sticking by her until they right. don't, of course. But and then that's the other thing too is that it's like, okay, well, there's all this idea of like, oh well, we're vampires, therefore we must rule, and there's these things, and it's like, okay, well, we could do that, but would we be happy, or are we just a prisoner to our own like obligations and expectations of who we are and what we're supposed to be doing? Right. And like yeah, living a more humble existence of just like what an average human might, where it's like people just fall in love and get married and like live a quiet life somewhere. Like that's what normal humans do. And like right. that turns that turns out being the thing that they actually want. And so it's yeah. ironic because it's like, you know, all the power and influence and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, well, but to what end? Like 
you can yeah. do that, but then it becomes a prison of your own making. So it's ironic because it's like the people that don't barely have a pot to piss and are the ones that are actually like free and somewhat happy as opposed to the whole like heavy is the head that wears the crown idea, you know? Exactly. And obviously, it's, she's consumed by her obsession anyway, and we all know how that ends. Yeah. Right. Striga and Marana are, are like, like Striga is, 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 you know, she is the, I, she, she was like, I can win any, I can win any battle. And then Marana's like, yes, but we're going to be fighting literally forever for right. the rest of time. Because how much fun is that going to be? Yeah, and it's like, why do you fight in the first place? Yeah, yeah, like, and is that, the battle worth fighting? You could win it, but why fight necessarily? Like, and I think, with the, yeah, that. and what they what they come to understand is that they're you know they're free of Dracula, but this empire that Carmilla has in mind become is going to become its own. Dark. Well, it's just Dracula by another name. Yeah, it's going, it become, it's going to become another. It's like, oh, this dark empire where you have all these obligations and you have to do this cycle of like violence and manipulation, where it's like you're so busy trying to maintain the empire, it's this house of cards that you're constantly propping yeah. up that you don't even have any time to just, you know, right. relax and actually be a person and like live right. your own life. They, well, they maybe, like they maybe would have been able to pull it off if they had like a, a council of ten sisters instead of a council of four. And really, it was all yeah. behind one. But like I was trying to say, it's like the the empire becomes its own thing that they have to feed. Yeah. You know? Right. It, it becomes the all-consuming monster. Yeah, it's like a macro version of their own insatiable bloodlust. Yeah, exactly. In lighter news, Alucard busts out his shield. <laughs> <laughs> Not like that. Like that. I like grumpy Al- Alucard. Like get yeah. off my lawn. I have heads on spikes, like daddy. Yeah, he's yeah. got six. <laughs> he's got six at the beginning. It says, and once he again, God shits in my them. breakfast. Oh God, <laughs> I'm turning into Trevor. This. Yeah. <laughs> That's a recurring that, theme too. Is everyone like yeah. being like, oh God, I sound like Trevor now. <laughs> yeah, now I sound like Trevor. Yeah. Um, but no, the 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 reason I I point this out is because that that is like. The shield that he has is iconic from Symphony of the Night. It's the Alucard shield, uh, that if you combine it with the shield rod, you become completely unstoppable and the game stops really being fun. But you win. Right. Uh, So him him busting out another piece of iconic gear uh, is definitely, that that was a... That was a sm- that was a thing that made me smile. Well, that just um, seemed like a fitting nod since it's the final season. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, we're winning the game, right? Well, and so then another character that we follow that we find in here, fucking uh, Saint Germain. Yeah, Saint Germain just shows up again, despite the fact that they could just... have just had a satisfying ending for him. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I th- I feel like reintroducing Saint Germain is actually. One of the missteps of the of the ser- of this season. Um, yeah, because he because, was, he was sympathetic in the last series. Yeah, yeah. I kind of I think and now I it's just like it, man, I I I miss my I miss my girlfriend, wife, female significant other, and I want to get and I want to get <laughs> laid. Um, well, and then he lets this other person, you know, in the you know in the uh, in the infinite corridor, convince him that you're just not being evil enough. You know, yeah. it, it kind of it came down to that. You know, they, you're not killing enough people to serve your ends, you know? Like, they could have done the attempted resurrection of Dracula without Saint-Germain. without reintroducing Saint-Germain. Because we're in spoiler territory, and they talk about it in the first episode anyway, so whatever, fuck it. Right? Yeah. The theoretical, the, the theoretical goal of season four is the reincarnation of Dracula. Um, mostly per- perpetuated by Vonnie. Vonnie of London? 
You haven't heard of me. Right. Um, who turns out to be kind of a big deal. And, I mean, the Saint-Germain, uh, actually, they make him sort of integral because uh, Hector talks to him. Well, and... yeah, no, like, they, they, they make him... They, 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 they do, in fact, successfully shoehorn him into Saint-Germain into the, uh, the season. My complaint is that doing so was entirely unnecessary. Exactly. Exactly. Because um, they could have done everything they did with Saint-Germain uh, through Barney. Yeah. You know, this, is, uh, and this is a Joker and Suicide Squad syndrome, isn't it? Pretty much. Because yeah. Saint-Germain, you know, mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, I think the only thing that makes him indispensable you know, is the fact that he had to open the infinite quarter at the end, you know, so certain things could happen. They had it, well, in, in, like, it had been established that only human magic can pull souls out of hell. So they're like, okay, we need some, so they, they needed some form of, of, of human to do the thing. But you know what? They had that if they really wanted to. They could have just used Zamfir the head guard of Targovishcha's underground court had her being have her had play play a little game of of five dimensional chess and um and have her just get manipulated into doing the thing. Yeah, but they 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 needed to be in two places at once for some of this to happen because Hector's whole thing in in um in the main castle and Saint Germain's uh thing at Castle Vlad. Castlevania. Had, Castlevania. The the, the 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 name of the castle is Castlevania. Well, uh, no credits. Yeah, and so it's just one of those things that you know they they could have done it with a different character. I don't think Zamfir would have been a a, a good choice. Yeah, uh, they still could have done it with someone other than Saint Germain. That that's my that's my whole point. And they was, yeah, and they, they could, could have, have done that. They could have. They could have introduced a new character. You know, so. Mm. I mean, but yeah, it was one of those things that Sasha Main should have, you know, but they had to, they had to basically fuck his ending up because he couldn't be happy, you know, because he's not yeah. one of the main three characters. And yeah, I mean, that they, they just, they turned what was a, a sympathetic character into a, you know, secretly mustache twirling villain, you know. They turned him into, into, they they turned him into a into someone desperate, but I I feel like Saint Germain wasn't morally gray enough to for that to really be something that you could that that you could actually properly. Yeah, it just um, seemed kind of so. rushed and not particularly believable. Yeah, yeah it did it didn't it it lacked some of it, you know especially the and then the thing the the what is it that they're creating the end of both male and female the thingy yeah um the rebus. The Rebus, yeah. The Grand Rebus. Um, and, of yeah. course, and of course, we get that it was Varney slash death all along. I did like, hey, we get another iconic Castlevania boss as the, as the big bad. Death? Because, yeah, no, death is, very, is a very common, about three quarters of the way into the game boss. Yeah. In most Castlevania games. You fight death. Um, death. It's so... Well, you fight the Grim Reaper, really, but uh, right. so. whether or not he's the actual metaphysical personification of the concept of death or not is up to you. And given the fact that you continue that you manage to kill him and then kill a bunch of other guys, I don't think he's death with a capital D, um, one of the endless. Right. Um, 
By the way, uh, if you haven't seen the uh, the cast list for the Sandman adaptation, it looks really good. Um, I know I, that that's kind of out of no uh, out of left field, but Death of the Endless primarily. Um, but um, and then of course we see you know we see Alucard's park kind of closing with mm-hmm. this one with the well, village. We see and every park closing. It's it's. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm just Alucard's. <laughs> <laughs> um, we see Alucard's arc with you know, and with any other you know, it it could it could have felt rushed, just like oh hey here's this person and you know Alucard lives happily ever after, but it was you know I like that there was a similar chemistry between him and the uh, oh god the headwoman. I think it was Greta, I think. Greta, yeah, I think it was Greta. Um, to the internet, um, Greta was the headwoman of Dynasty. Yes. Okay, so we see a similar. She had the hammer. Yeah. Right of the hammer, we see a similar um, banter and you know um, playfulness between Greta and Alucard as we do between Saifa and Trevor. Mm-hmm. You know, because I love the whole thing between Saifa and Trevor. You know th- that throughout the whole series, they've always been you know kind of back and forth. You know, repartee going on mm-hmm. and foils of each other. They are they are to the foils. Yeah, and I love, you know, Saifa, you know, talking about how much she's cursing now that she didn't use to do. But it's because I've been spending so much time with you. I'm just some person who says shit. <laughs> shit, shit, fucking shit. Bollocks shit. <laughs> yeah. And the, th- the, the other thing I like about that is that Saifa, even though, you know, she laments, oh, you know, I'm turning into this person, she's still Saifa. She mm-hmm. is still, you know, Practical, but you know, uh, compassionate. You know, um, and Trevor's still Trevor, still playing. You know, still playing the long game, which I like about him. You know, everybody underestimates him, but throughout this whole thing, he's just going along, playing this long game, seeing the pieces, parts, and putting them together. You know, well, it's because he's a. <clears throat> that is partially because he is a. Uh, um, he's like even though he 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 always plays the fool, right? Um, but. The thing is, he's um, he's very good at what he at what he does. Um, exactly. He's like a, he's like if um, drunken master was a monster hunter. Yeah. Right. Drunken monster hunter. hunter. Yeah. Drunken monster hunter. And you know, and it comes in and it surprises everyone at the end. Where he's going, well, I was just looking around, I saw all these things, and I put them together, and lo, lo and behold, look what I got. I saw this thing, and I recognized it from a book I read back when you know. I had a family and was learning how to do this professionally for the first like 15 years of my life. Right. Um, and, and I was like, Oh, Hey, it's that one artifact that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, black, but a magical blacksmith wizard man made to try to kill God. I thought maybe it would work on death. <laughs> it makes sense at the time. You know, well, look at that. It's like, uh, you know, I, I figured I'd give it a shot. I wasn't going to lose it. Like, the worst that happened was I lost and the world is doomed because death goes on a killing spree. Um, Which is basically, you know, death's <laughs> whole plot. You know? Yeah, death wants uh, wants Dracula back uh, because Dracula was, was, was killing so many people and death isn't, he, he consumes death. He, he, he eats souls as they die or some sort of weird nonsense. Um, yeah, and, and I here I'm thinking is like, but what he wanted was, you know, Dracula and Lisa. Well, no, it, it was more sort of he just wanted Dracula and Lisa w- and and the 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 whole thing where he was like, make the Rebus 
Um, he wanted Lisa there just so that the two of them would drive each other crazy. Exactly. Yeah, they wanted them in the same body so that they would go nuts. Uh, you know, and then. But here's the thing: the thing that made Dracula the killing force that he was 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 that grief. was grief and and cunning. You know, he could command. You, you don't. You know, he wanted to turn the Joker. You know, into a general. And I'm like, no, you don't do that. That's you know, this is why. Well, it's, I mean, you don't you don't get the same results. Well, I mean, the other thing about about uh, our our good Lord Vlad Tapish um, is that he was horrendously powerful. Also true, but he also knew how to use that power. Yeah, you know, and he, you know, the, the other thing about Tapish is that I, no matter how horrendously powerful he was, he was that much more powerful because he had all those vampires doing yeah. what he told. that and he also had you know his super his super magic science castle exactly which helped yeah yeah like not having castlevania would also make things a little tricky for him although i guess they were doing it at castlevania so he could have uh, taken things back i also right. like how they how they actually used alucard's uh actual name adrian tepish yeah in uh in the games he's adrian fahrenheit tepish but uh they they did decided to not use the ran to not randomly throw the word Fahrenheit in there too. Um, stuff. <laughs> but uh, like I also liked how like here here is how well they really put a bow on everything. <laughs> they have no reason for Dracula to come back <laughs> because he got a happy ending. Right. For the first like because one of the things that I've really loved about uh about um. The, about all this is that um um this the the uh the strength i could not i don't know what the hell that was um sorry one of the strengths of the of the castlevania series in my opinion was that they made dracula for the two seasons that he was in that a <laughs> sympathetic villain i oh, mean yeah. he was a monster and he wanted to genocide all of humanity and that's not cool right but, like you at the same time you kind of got where you you got where he was coming from you knew why he was a monster and you understood it yeah and you believe that go i w i might be that way too yeah it's like so i just wanted to be left the hell alone right and y'all bitches killed the one person who managed to crack through my my shell because mm -hmm. you keep in mind when uh when what's her name the when when crap what's her name um Lisa? Yeah. When when Lisa um initially shows up mm -hmm. outside Dracula's castle, mm -hmm. he has so many bodies staked out front. Right. He's done with this shit. He's got a he's got a field full of keep out signs. Right. And this woman shows up and doesn't give enough of a fuck. Um <laughs> and manages to, you know, crack through the uh the the exterior. Right. Um, and he loved her. They have a kid, which, you know, Dom Piers apparently aren't a thing very often. So like, yay. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, some jerk priest who is on a witch hunt burns her at the stake mm -hmm. and he loses his mind. Yeah. He goes on a roaring rampage of revenge against the entire human, um, race. Right. Yeah. Um, although at the same time, he's also trying to commit suicide as evidenced by the fact that he really doesn't do it very well beginning in season two. Right. Um, so he is, he, he, it is understandable where he's coming from. It's not, 
you know, it's it's not condoned, but it's understandable. Right. But yeah. apparently the Rebus creation thing goes wrong enough that the two of them end up somehow with bodies and just get to live happily ever after. Yeah. And it's nice. Yeah, it's just like that's kind of cool. Yeah. It was really unexpected. <laughs> yeah, I, I I wouldn't have called that happening. I figured they'd just go back to hell and hang out there because they seem pretty happy there too. Um, yeah. Because you, you you see them a few times embracing in hell, and, you know, they seem pretty chill. Right. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then we get... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. What were you going to say? Um, well, it, you know, and then we get... Um, uh, never mind, I completely lost it. I had no idea what... <laughs> I've been doing that a lot, all too, so I feel you. Sypha right. um, and Trevor uh, ensure the uh, continuation of the Belmont line. Right, but then, Which like I, it was heavily implied that they were pretty much bonking every night, and uh, if you don't use protection, that that's liable to happen. Right, uh, <laughs> you know. But yeah, and, and um, I like that you know that, that Sypha proves she's the capable one. Going, hey, if you don't, you know, if you put your your food supplies next to your latrines, you're gonna get sick and die. Yeah, it's, you know. Are you stupid? Right. <laughs> what exactly. are you doing? Right, but she I like organizes the t- nicest Targovishta, and then um, Captain Crazy Pants. Uh, um, these two corpses are going are going to return from the afterlife and and make Targovishta better. Right? Uh, Zamfir, that 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 honestly, the them ending up in Targovishta and dicking around there was also, I feel, kind of a weak point of the of the thing. Well, that was how they. That was how Trevor got the stuff that he needed. Yes, I know that's how Trevor got the stuff. Um, but it was also... Could, yeah, he could have it. gotten the stuff through other means, too. Like, I, I, and once again, it's it's not quite so much... Um, it, it's it, it's not so much that that it wasn't... It didn't work. It's that I feel they could have done it better. Yeah, but I, I think it... You know, they made it... I think they made it work pretty well. I mean, I didn't... It wasn't one of those things that I was looking at. You know, because I like the fact that they were coming full circle... Uh, because this is also where Farney was. Because yep. this is where it all started, and this is where you know. Um, so you know, there there was that that symbol, uh, symbolism of them coming back to where it all started. Um, but this is also where we start to get some of the best fight scenes. Is when they leave Targovishta through the mirror. Well, yeah, that's because um, it was the last two episodes of uh, of stuff. Mm-hmm. So. We guys, we have this. Like, it, it, it's definitely one of like it, it's it's uh it's inverse Evangelion syndrome. Um, if you're not familiar, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion was kind of um ha- has what's referred to as a gain axe ending, where the ending just kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, primarily because the studio ran out of money and couldn't actually end it the way they wanted to. Um, the Castlevania series have been doing the exact opposite of that. They have they have apparently been like this one actually has the most action of any of the uh of the seasons um so but typically what they do is they save their money for really big set piece combat things in the last couple episodes right and Which, they go uh, and, and and they and they really you know they they uh they, they go deluxe on that <laughs> oh absolutely and but yeah i mean this was some of the best fights i mean personally i love the entrance of sypha and you know and trevor yeah their big damn heroes moment come, showing up uh showing up through the mirror and saving Alucard and be like, What's up? Yeah. It's like, 
<laughs> this is, and it's, I think that, that whole is like, well, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like um, Sypha has like taken her the clever use of her elemental magics to a whole new level. Like yeah. she's the craziest stunt shit now. Oh yeah, well she like fucking totally coordinates Stark everything. Flies. Yeah, she fucking right. totally Stark flies too. She's like a deadly Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, and she, and it's very much worth pointing out she has like three times the body count of everyone else in like she kills so many more people. Well, yeah, she's she's an artillery. I mean, she is artillery. Uh, I mean, yeah, she's the one you you show up to you know kill all the. You know, the, the wizard, the wizard casts fireball and destroys the gob, the army of goblins, leaving the yes. front, you know, leaving the giants uh, for the rest of the party to deal with. You know, it's like, and but yeah, and and I she and then I love the the uh, the was the final four that they faced. You know, yeah, and those, the, were some hard, those were some hard fights. You know, they made that look like it was a hard fight. There was, mm-hmm. you know. Until but, they're like, "Hey, uh, trade trade partners." Yeah, switch. You know, because <laughs> each of each of them were, started on started fighting the person they were best suited to fight for, and everyone realized, "Wait a second. Right. Uh, <laughs> this is also the best person, the person best suited to fight me." And then, yeah, we, we we're playing rock paper scissors. Let everybody everybody move over to right. Uh, move over one. <laughs> move over one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, trade, you know, um, which which worked really well, you know, because like, um, but you know, it it was like I said, it was a great fight. And then of course they had all the, uh, you know, the whole the whole thing at the end with the one big guy, you know. Um, and then uh, and then Trevor or yeah, Trevor Solo's death, right? Gets all the XP for fighting the boss. <laughs> well, no, he, he instead he he. Theoretically, he's doing uh, he's doing the uh, the brave sacrifice, right? But in truth, he's Gandalfing this shit. Yeah, <laughs> jumps through, tells the party to stay on the other side of the portal while he solos death, and you know gets all the XP. Yeah, which you know I, I'm pretty sure the only reason he survived was because he leveled up right as he <laughs> right, right as he scored the kill. Right. Uh, so he had like three hit points left. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, and then of course, you know, you get the the happy ending. But I like the other thing too is that Alucard, you know, uh Greta is right about Alucard all along, you know, is that he's he's protective of the of the villagers, protective of the kids. You know, he's not this grim faced, you know, you know, uh yeah. you know He edge- needs people, whether he whether he wants to admit it or not, he needs people. Exactly. Um and so he, yeah, so like he gets to be, he gets to be nice and. Right. Well, it's kind of a good symmetry on the whole legacy of Dracula too, because where he winds up is like, you know, um, re- like helping facilitate a community, like growing humanity instead of decimating it. Yeah. Right, exactly. He gets to literally be the antithesis of his father, kind of right. like how he spells his father's name backwards. Right. Well, and then the, the other one that, you know, the other ending, Hector and Lenore's story. Yeah, Lenore decides to go out on her own terms and... Mm-hmm. See the sunrise. See, see, see what, what, what's this... What's uh, all the fuss is about. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's it? I don't know what the whole... I don't know what the deal is. Right. <laughs> but, but and then, um, of course, the fight with, uh, with uh, Carmilla, you know, I love that she, she she's like you know what fuck you you guys don't get me 
I get me. <laughs> well, the the death fight at the end was the bigger one in scale, but in terms of like uh like dramatic mm -hmm. emotional stakes, I feel like that was really the big fight. Yeah, because Her you mind. knew you knew that uh you knew that that Trevor was going to beat death. The only thing that the only thing that I didn't see coming there was I actually was calling an unhappy ending with Trevor dying. Mm -hmm. I thought that would have been, you know, that that would have been kind of appropriate and yeah, I didn't see him coming back either. I kind of thought like, okay, this is, you know, this is like a realistic, like a, a touch of realism in the... Um, yeah, I, I, the I, honestly, I honestly, I kind of wish that they had just let him die, but, you know, giving him a happy ending works too. Getting Giving everyone, like, as cheesy as it may be, it's kind of nice that sometimes everybody just, like, all, all, all your good guys get a happy ending. Right. And by the it's end not, of so the series, guy. Hector and, and what's his name? Isaac. Isaac, yeah. I don't know why I keep forgetting his name. Hector and Isaac are mostly good guys. They just want to be left alone. At least. Yeah. Well, and they were and they were and again that came down to Dracula uh basically going, Look what I can get you know, I can do for you yeah. But because again they, they were like Isaac went through actual, you know, character growth and development, whereas Hector had had two seasons of, of character growth to realize that he had pretty much just been manipulated all this time. Yeah. And I think that was the important part there um, is that, you know, they, cause throughout the whole thing, you remember they, they were seeing a different version of Dracula's plans that Dracula had in mind because they mm. thought, Oh, humanity is going to be controlled. They're going to be, you know, like cattle, uh, you know, there's going to be, it's, you know, whereas Dracula's going, no, I'm just going to kill them all. Fuck it. You yeah. know? And so, well, yeah, they were good. Sorry about that. I managed to mute my microphone before I sneezed into it, though. <clears throat> That's good. Um, Got a little mute button on the top of my thing. Um, even even uh, even Dracula was manipulating Hector um, because Hector was all like, "Human, we the human populace needs to be culled." Um, whereas Dracula was like, "The human beings need to die." Right, and exactly, and that's where you know. Where Hector, you know, kind of went off the rails. That's but why he, that's why he betrayed Dracula. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and but then again, that you know, Carmilla was playing that long game too. So oh, yeah. yeah, it's just. But that fight with Carmilla, yeah, there was there was actual tension there because uh, you didn't know, you know, was you know was Isaac going to have some you know some noble death, you know, and whatnot. But then when she just basically you know stabs herself, I was going. Did not really expect that to, to show up, you know. You know, so she yeah. decided she had to go out on her own terms. Exactly. When you, see, when you come to hell, I'll be there waiting for you. <laughs> you know. Um, and you I, know, I, that was a that was a very good uh, last line. <laughs> when you when you finally get to hell, I'll be waiting there for you to see if it is possible for you to die twice. Twice, right? It's like that's a vindictive bitch. I like that. I can respect that. So yeah. Um, I did. I I actually I I gotta say I actually liked the twist that Varney was death. Yeah. Um, Varney, like I liked the joke that Varney felt like he was a big deal and nobody knew who the heck he was. Right. But and I also liked how the how it was the twist that actually he really was a big deal, and the main reason nobody knew who he was was because he wasn't anyone. Right. He was a character that he was playing. Right. right. Yeah, and everybody knew who he was, but he didn't want them to know who he 
really, really was. Yeah, because, like no one knew who Varney of London was because I don't think Varney of London existed until about three weeks ago when Death decided to be him. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a rough thing there. So, but yeah, I mean, and it it did it did give a good ending for the you know the main characters you know. Um, Everybody earned their happy ending. Yeah, they had to fight for it hard, but they right? they got it. Yeah, and the thing is, is that um, you know, again, where it was like just when the hero's down, you know, it's like, oh, I've got you now. Last surge at the end, just like in a video game, you get that last power up. Yep. <laughs> you know, you've powered up. You you know you 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 built up your you know your uh, your power up, and suddenly you're uh, unloading on the critical strike. You know, yeah, it's like or it's like uh, the um, what you call it the uh, at the end of uh, at the end of uh, my brain can stop could, would would love to make words um, at the end of uh, Metroid Super Metroid. Um, they, they had they, they made this slightly Metroidvania esque in that uh, at the end of Super Metroid in the final boss you literally get a final uh, power up you get the hyper beam um, which you didn't get throughout the rest of the game um, but that's because Baby Metroid uh, sacrificed itself to give you uh, to give you things so they they paid that off at least a little bit more by at least having had Trevor you know have put together all of the the pieces, all of the pieces ahead of time. Even right. at one point, sl- slotted the ring into the thing. It's like, oh, so it is that thing, and took it out immediately because if you didn't notice, it did actually damage his hand slightly. Uh, it's like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he, he had the whole thing together. And again, I love that it was, you know, he was playing a long game. He wasn't just, oh, the Belmont, you know, because yeah, no, he was. It was well, I've got a. I really, really didn't want to play this whole card, um, right. Well, that and it was part of the whole thing where they were talking about where we've been reacting this whole time. We've got to get mm-hmm. ahead of it. Sure, I was going. Good plan. Let's do that. You do your thing. I'll put together the secret artifact that will kill the bad guy. <laughs> he got his cross weapon. Yep. I so. liked the excuse of uh, I liked I liked Sypha's response of and being that he was fighting Indian v- vampires who didn't know anything about Christianity, they probably killed him, right? <laughs> right. No, no. Actually, it turns out that. Vampire eyesight's a little bit different from ours, and pretty much just any big geometric shape is a little bit disorienting too. <laughs> right? It's like it's not the, it's not the symbolism of the cross; it's the it's the geometrics of it. It's a complex shape. Boy, can you imagine what they would have what they would have done with the uh, the Doctor Strange uh, comics of the seventies and eighties? <laughs> Whoa! I don't even need LSD for this shit to just draw me in. <laughs> I'm high just looking at it. So. It was it was really it like it was it was very sad. I, I it's nice to see something end well. Yeah, and end well it did. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they could have like they could have written it and given us another season if they really wanted to. Right, but but at the same time, this is a satisfactory ending to the series. Right, which is and good. the thing is, is they they it's still open enough. They could do something again in the future just with someone else. Yeah, so. And it's not like it isn't Castlevania. They could do a lot. Yeah. I personally want them to do Symphony of the Night just so they could, we can figure out who they cast as the as the evil wizard Shaft. <laughs> the evil wizard Shaft. <laughs> they, they've never exactly had, uh, like, strong naming conventions. Right. Shaft. Can you dig it? You could. So. Uh, whoever it is, it's bound to be a complicated man. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Just talking about Shaft. Yeah, I can dig it. 
I would love for us to do an episode on black exploitation movies, but I feel like we are not equipped at all for that sort of episode either. I, I do. Yeah. I think, I think uh, culturally we, we kind of lack some context there. It's true. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think I think we're 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 enlightened enough to know that we're self aware enough to know that. Yes. <laughs> so I, I I think yeah, the thing about this is it was good entertainment. It wasn't it was deep enough to make you go, huh? Yeah, that's a thing. You know, vampire hunger. You know, people wanting a new life. Yeah, it's you know, it's not just solely pulp. You know, it's there's some there's some character growth. There's some you know. Um, you know, some um, development, but lots of fighting, lots of blood, mm-hmm. lots of shit getting cut in half. Lots of explosions. Explosions. Murder. Yeah, murder feeds it. <laughs> so. uh, well, final thoughts? Um, well, I, I think that was my final thoughts. You know, yeah. that is, it was, it was good popcorn munching entertainment. If you want some action, some, mm-hmm. some, you know, not quite, you know, make you, give you a headache philosophy. It's a good, you know, good mm-hmm. mix. Yeah, I mean, there's there's only so much of that that was really going to be in there because they really covered all that ground in the previous seasons. So yeah, exactly. they just kind of put a bow on it along with everything else. So yeah, overall, um, I was pretty pleased with it. And like <laughs> Neil said, I'm just glad that they ended a thing that I enjoyed well. Yeah, yeah, I I echo the sentiments. It was it, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, yeah, especially and honestly, for anyone who is aspiring to some sort of, you know, to writing or something along those lines, it's also useful to see how to write endings. Um, mm-hmm. Because to quote God, endings are hard. Endings are tough. Yep. And if you don't know what I'm referencing, we did an episode on Supernatural. <laughs> um, I don't have much else to say. I don't know what uh, what will come next. Loki, obviously, we're not going to do until it's done. It's done, right? Because that is that because because I am the uh, the iron fisted dictator of uh, of how we of, of our of our uh, schedule um, and that's how I want to do it that's how we do it uh, so I mean we could make an episode off of each uh, off of each uh, episodes as they come out but that would get re- gratuitous right so, uh, um so I'm not sure what's coming next but it'll be something we'll do a thing um, a couple I've weeks. got a, I've got a few ideas bouncing around. Um, but uh, we don't have anything set in stone yet. In any case, this has been Neil. The one true Ben. And Mike. And we'll talk to you next time on Geek Fanthology. All right, I got food okay. waiting. So well, actually, I can, can you guys stick around for just a second? Because there is, I did want to discuss an idea that I had with you guys. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter C and the number four. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. Interstitial was The Bloodline Bounce by Gario over at OCRemix.org. If you enjoy this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, leaving us a comment, rating us, following us, subscribing, hitting that bell for notifications, or whatever it is that you can do to build the algorithm on whatever platform you're listening to us on. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us by making a one-time donation on our website at www.workingtheoryproductions.com or a reoccurring one at Patreon at patreon.com workingtheory. It really will help us out in trying to improve the quality and consistency of these podcasts. A final thought. So apparently, um, about a week after recording this, they announced a uh, spinoff 
set in the Rondo of Blood slash Castlevania Symphony of the Night uh, era. So, I guess I was wrong? Huh, what do you know? <laughs>